0: This blood, this blood, this blood, this blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for your son. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't send the angels to take him off that cross. When he cried, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, my my God, where are you, where are you, where are you? I couldn't do that. You see the difference between your love and my love, saith God. Could you hear the cry of your child and have the power to take him from the pain and suffering? Could you turn your back, hide your face, close your ears so that the sinful might be saved, those who don't deserve anything but judgment, that they might have grace and mercy, could you do that? I did that for you. He did that for you. That's what holy communion It's not God speaking through the gift now, the Holy Spirit. It's just me now. I couldn't do that. I may want to do it. I may will to do it. But I couldn't listen to my son cry out if I had the power to help him. When the word lamb is used in scripture, it's used in a particular way. When it said, take a lamb from from among all the sheep one without blemish, without spots. So they separated that lamb for sacrifice. And they brought it into their home so that nothing would tarnish it, hurt it, harm it, because it had to be offered in total innocence to be a type that God would accept a foreshadow of Christ to come. And the whole family would fall in love with that little pet lamb that little pet lamb. It was a lamb that they were deeply attached to that was taken up. And we, we would, our stomach would turn. I worked for Tampa Electric years ago. And remember when we worked running some new lines to Lachs Brothers. And there was the sense of death. There was the smell of blood as Beef cattle were being slaughtered, and and the cattle knew it. They sensed what was happening. You could see the fear in their eyes as they lined up to go to the slaughter, and they were driven to slaughter. Jesus wasn't driven to the cross. He was drawn to it out of love for you and love for me. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. You know i I have no problem eating hamburger and eating a roast or a steak, but I had a problem watching the fear in the eyes and the smell of blood. If you walked into the temple and thought you would just see the beauty this was not the, the, not in the the ancient tabernacle where sacrifices were being offered you would you would hear the cry of of animals being sacrificed you would the last thing you would do when you offered that pet lamb the last thing you would do was put your hand upon the head of the lamb you know what that represented it represented this lamb is innocent this is an innocent life my life is not innocent and i'm transferring my sin to this lamb and this lamb is going to take my place and pay and my punishment and pay my price. And you would hear the cry of that lamb as the priest cut the throat of the lamb and the blood poured out. That's why John saw Jesus not see the lion, the lion, the powerful lion of Judah. He heard a voice like like Niagara Falls and like a trumpet sound and he turned to see who it was and and you know he, he saw Jesus in the majesty of the lion of Judah but when the, when when there was no one found worthy to take the book from him that sits upon the throne and open the seals no one in heaven and earth John began to weep because he knows we cannot inherit this earth unless there's one worthy in our place to take the book from him that sits upon the throne and the angel says don't weep well, there is a worthy one. Hallelujah. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he hath prevailed and is worthy to take the book. He did it in our, all in our behalf. And he looked for that lion. And you know what he saw instead of that mighty lion? He saw a lamb as it had been slain, he saw a lamb with its throat cut. And the white wool was wicked with all that blood that poured down it. And he saw that and he saw this mighty one of Israel is now a sacrifice lamb taking our place at the cross. The average church service is geared this morning to making us have a good time at church to entertain us. I don't know anything that grabs me and focuses me. There's nobody singing on that platform, nobody playing on an instrument. There's no show going on that can get my focus like this lamb that took my place on the cross today. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And people walk out uh, paying their dues to God, going through the motions. I've sat through communions that were just, just... Just a part of the the, the show. <laughs> and people grabbed it, ate it, and run out. Uh, listen, today we're taking time. We've stopped and broken the normal pattern. Because the Holy Spirit says, right now everybody is focused on me. Now's the time. This is the time. Hallelujah. So, the night he was betrayed. Someone said it best in a song. When he was on the cross, we were on his mind. Can you say, man, so the night he was betrayed when his his heart is broken uh, and he knows what's coming. The night he was betrayed, he took bread at that Passover meal and he broke it. He tore the loaf in half and he said something that astounded them. This is my body that is broken for you. He picked up the cup and astounded them and astonished them once again and said, this is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for the sins of many. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And as often as you drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come. It's incorporating Corinthians with the words of Jesus. This is holy communion. So today I just confess my sins before the Lord. I wish I could stand here and tell you there are none to be confessed. But I I know I could have done better here. I know I should have done better there. There's sins of commission, sins of omission. Oh, but thank God for forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus. Can you say man? I want to leave here clean and ready for the coming of Jesus today. How about you? I want to leave here loving him more than I love pleasure. Because one of the signs of the last of the last days is men will love pleasure more than they love God. They'll head for Disney World on Easter Sunday. They'll head for the beach instead of celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ because they love pleasure more than God. And we should love God. That should be our greatest pleasure. (laughs) We should find it in Him. Amen. So today we come to take of the torn body of Jesus in token. And Lord, I just want to thank you for all you suffered before they even nailed you to the cross. And I want to thank you for the six hours you spent upon the cross. And I want to thank you for the time you spent. When you, when you felt it so deeply in your heart in Gethsemane. When you said, not my will, but thine be done. Thank you for that from the bottom of our heart. This is his body and token that was broken for us. You may break the bread. Father, thank you once again. Forgive us our sins as we partake of your, a token of your sacrifice. You may eat the bread. He picked up the cup and said, this is the new covenant. I know it says Testament. But your New Testament in your Bible, it's the word covenant. There's an old covenant called the Old Testament and a new covenant called the New Testament. It is not his last will and testament. It is his covenant. It is a blood covenant. It's established in the New Covenant by the blood, not of bulls and goats and and perfect lambs, but by the perfect Lamb of God himself, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As often as we drink this cup, We do show, S-H-E-W. We demonstrate and proclaim publicly that we are saved because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ today. You may drink the cup. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just for a moment. How many people in this room right now You see, the blood has been supplied by Jesus. The blood was supplied by the Lamb of God. The blood has been supplied. But did you know that blood of that Lamb that was supplied in Exodus, that was a type of Christ, that blood, it had to be applied by faith. Because if they didn't put it on the doorpost of their home, the death angel was looking for one element. And we can put a whole lot of other things in there, but God didn't. There are church organizations that are trying to put a whole lot of, they're trying to delete the blood totally. But when the angel passed through, the death angel, they had to slay the lamb. They had to put the blood in a basin and they had to apply what that lamb had supplied to the doorpost when you receive Christ as your savior the blood that has been supplied by the lamb is now applied to your life and his righteousness see here's here's the here's the great exchange today theologians call it the great exchange and we all know that the blood of Jesus addresses the guilt of our sin. And God forgives our sin on that basis. But there's something I don't believe we emphasize enough. He didn't just forgive our sin. He gave us His righteousness. That's kind of a tentative amen. I want it to be a strong amen before we leave here today. He imparted. Abraham believed God and it was imputed. That's the word. It was imputed. It was put to his account. Paul said in being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, it meant I can't Keep the law and be right with God because I can't keep it perfectly. I like the way one person put it in more practical terms, personal terms. Man cannot be saved by imperfect obedience because God cannot accept it. And no one can be saved by perfect obedience because man cannot obtain that. The only answer is the cross and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But aren't you glad there is an answer? The Bible said not only is God just and holy, but he's a justifier of them that believe upon Christ as their Savior. How does he pronounce us not guilty when we are and were guilty? He forgives us our sin, but He does more than forgive our sin. He imputes to us His righteousness and being found in Him. i got to read a couple of scriptures here today. Hallelujah. For the sake of of just making this clear that this is a biblical thing. This is not just, you know, talking. Listen to Romans 3. Verses 24 through 26. It says being justified. That's a forensic term. That's for a courtroom. Amen. That's where a judge is sitting to hear a case. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. To propitiate is a word you don't hear much. But it means to get between two people who are who are enemies of each other and bring reconciliation to satisfy, uh, that, that one that has every right to accuse and every right to judiciously prosecute, to satisfy the, that, that, that law that was broken and that judgment that was already adjudicated against that law. But Jesus Set him forth to be a propitiation through faith that is in his there's the element, the only what can wash away only the blood of Jesus, my sin. Through faith in his blood to declare the his righteousness. For the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, here it is again, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Did you underscore his righteousness? He didn't just make you righteous in that you are so holy that now you, uh, He can accept you. He, am, he gave you something better than that. Thank God it's better than that. No matter how holy you are, you're not sinlessly perfect, and God can't accept you unless you are. So there had to be a way to save you, not only from your sin, but from your bad self. And we all got a bad self. Would you like to know where that is in Scripture? Paul talked about his bad self. He said, in my flesh. This is after salvation. This is after he saw third heaven. This is after he's washed in the blood of Jesus. It didn't change your old flesh. You have to crucify it. You have to mortify it. Amen. (laughs) Because you can't sanctify it. Boy, we got a good audience today. You're growing in the Lord. Amen. I said, you've got to crucify it because you can't sanctify it. Amen. You can't make it holy enough to be acceptable unto God. We in the Pentecostal movement, and I'm not putting us down, we should live holy and we should have a holy standard. But you can't be holy enough for God to accept you and take you into His city. Can you say "Man, He had to find another way to save you from your sin and from your bad self. In my flesh is no good thing. And Paul, Paul talked about his bad self this way in Romans 7. He said, you know, when I would do good, because now I'm saved and i got my heart changed and I want to live for God, when I would do good, evil presents itself. I don't have to find it. I used to put it this way. Before I got saved, I went out looking for sin. I literally went out on the weekend looking for an opportunity to sin. But when I got saved, It all changed. I didn't go out looking for sin. Sin came looking for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I had more opportunities to sin in a particular way after I got saved than I did when I went out looking for it. Because now the devil wants to tempt me. And he wants to bring me under condemnation. He wants to break my fellowship relationship with God. Amen. And thank God there's victory over that too. But it takes a deep devotion to Christ to deny yourself. Taking up your cross is not just being persecuted for the sake of the gospel. It is crucifying your bad self. It is putting the flesh on the cross so that you can be raised and to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So if you can't be saved by perfect obedience and God can't accept Anything less than perfect obedience, the only answer. And thank God the answer is a love answer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. I love Isaiah 53. It's called the gospel in the old covenant. Who hath believed our report. You've got to accept this by faith because this is hard to believe. Can, that God would go to this length, that Christ would do what he did. That there's actually that kind of divine love exists. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we saw him in the condition he was in on that cross, it's looking down through the corridors of time and seeing Jesus sacrificing himself in our behalf. Who hath believed, our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When he, we saw him, there was nothing that we should desire him. I saw a man killed just a few months ago. I saw him shortly after he was killed. Actually, he was killed just seconds before we we got to where he was hit on Highway 92. Knocked him out of his shoes. Tore his clothes down to his ankles. He was laying naked from the waist down and torn in his upper body. And I didn't, we stopped to render aid. Pamela looked and said, what is that? That's a body, that's a body. We immediately pulled over and I ran back, came back and got a tarp to cover him with, something out of the back of the car to cover him. There's just something about a human being. Not a dog or an animal, but a person laying out there in that condition. He was a, a middle-aged Mexican man. He was probably trying to cross 92. And uh, another <laughs> man in, a, in an SUV that, that uh, didn't have a license and had a whole lot of issues. They finally arrested him, I think, in Connecticut that hit him, it hit and run, and just kept going. Another truck pulled off in front of us and then a car pulled off behind us and and I was going to try to render CPR to him. But when I looked in his face, I didn't have to look for any further because his eyes were glazed and they were set. And I thought just a few seconds ago, this man was alive and well and on his way to whatever he thought he was going to do. He didn't plan for this to happen. He had no idea it was going to happen. But it happened. Someone was speeding. Someone may have been impaired. Whatever the reason, they struck him and killed him instantly. There was no opportunity to pray for him or for him to pray. The blood that was supplied at the cross could not be applied to his life. Wherever he went, he will be for all eternity. As a tree falls, so shall it lie. There is no purgatory, no in-between, and no priest that can pray you out of purgatory. However, there is a high priest that can intercede for you right here and right now. Hallelujah. But he can't be your high priest. He can't present his self and his blood in your behalf. Amen. Unless the blood is applied to your life. If there's sin in your life, it's time to deal with it. It can't be covered up with excuses and justifications for it. The only way to deal with sin is to deal with it mercilessly. Don't allow it to reign in your mortal body to fulfill it in the lust thereof. Can you say, man, if we say we have no sin, we're we're not just disingenuous. We are liars. Can you say, man, we're lying to ourselves. we're lying to others, and we're lying to God. But if we confess our sin, hallelujah, every revival, true revival, that has ever occurred for an individual or for a church, begins with Christians confessing their sin, not sinners getting saved. What did David say? Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Wash me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Then, do you, you see the pattern for Revival. It doesn't start with praying that people come in here and get saved. It's us getting truly right with God. Create in me a clean heart. Psalm 51. Renew in me a right spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then transgressors will learn your way and sinners will be converted unto thee. Can you say amen? When the church gets revived, the church will have an impact upon the world. When we stand out where we work in the workplace, and people see that we I don't talk about self-righteousness. I'm talking about seeing that we are real deal, honest to goodness Christians. We're not we're not part of the dirty jokes, we're not part of the culture, we're not we're not part of this world system. We we have a different king. Hallelujah. We have a different allegiance, we have a different God. We don't love pleasure more than God. God, we love God more than pleasure. And our greatest pleasure is serving Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's real Christianity. And it produces real joy and real peace. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. (laughs) It starts out with being thoroughly right with God. Amen. And, And when we're right with God, then we are reconciled to God. And if we're reconciled to God, we have peace with God. And when we have peace with God, we can receive the peace of God. So it's peace with God and the peace of God. And then, because we have peace with God, we can have fellowship with God. And in His presence. Oh, don't you start now. Hallelujah. You're going to get me excited if you're. What an audience we've got today. In His presence. If you haven't spent any time in the presence of God all week long, it's not too late. You're in here today, and He's here today. And if you can't enter into His presence, you ought to deal with that. You ought to deal with that. D-A-T. Can you say amen? Amen? You ought to deal with it. Amen. Christians ought to deal with this thing. What is, what is keeping me from the presence of God? Who said, if any man open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and him with me. Can you say, man, what is between us? Lay aside every weight. People are looking for that big glaring sin. And we're letting a lot of little things slip. The Bible said if you're going to run this race to the end and run it with perseverance, you've got to be totally honest with God and transparent. And it says, let us lay aside every weight. This is not and sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. That word is rendered perseverance in the scripture. It's not taking a number and waiting. It's tearing off and keeping going. I didn't think you heard that. It's tearing out of the gate and keep on running. A horse can be in front of all those horses at the Kentucky Derby. He can be leading the pack. But if he stops before the finish line, he's he's not even counted in the last. He's not even counted as last. He didn't even finish at all. And we are made partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning... Of our confidence, steadfast unto the end, for he that endures to the end the oh it ain 't over, the race isn 't over hallelujah you don 't sit down on your salvation, you run with it. Can you say, man, hallelujah,, you run with it and if you 're in a race. You're in a race. You need to get rid of every encumberment. There are shoes just made for running. Yes. They're made to support your arches when you are you are picking them up and putting them down. They're called running shoes. We need to get get our big, what do you call them? What's some big fuzzy shoes you get when you get out of bed? It's you want to lounge around it. House shoes. House shoes. You're trying to run a race in house shoes. Can you say, man, you can't run no race in house shoes. Did you know there's a, it costs, real running shoes cost more than than the Walmart stuff. They're designed better. They're, they're, They're ergonomically designed for your foot to take the pressure of running, running, running spiritually. We're in a race. We're supposed to run it to the end. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have run to the end. I have. F- past the finish line. And now (laughs) I'm not afraid of what's coming because I know there's a crown laid up for me. That's the victor's wreath. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Not just for me, but for all them that love his appearing. Praise God. What will keep you in the race as if you would rather he come and, and take you to heaven than anything he could give you down on this earth. Can you say, man? How many would rather Jesus come and take you to heaven than have a new Bentley, a new ha- new mansion? A, 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 the, somebody in Valrico won the Reader's Digest contest. I wish I knew him. <laughs> But I don't. <laughs> I thought, did I go to school with this guy? Can I tie any kind of relation to him? <laughs> Amen. No, no. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing as precious precious priceless as the blood of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. My uncle was a gospel preacher. He preached the gospel for over 20 years. He was the highest ranked uh, uh, official in his, congr- in, in his denomination uh, for his, his area. Uh, He was appointed to that youngest man to obtain that. Um, But he fell away from the Lord and he went back into sin. He was sitting in the back of our church on a Wednesday night service. No in the bigger church. There was no more than this many people there. But he was there and God was there. And I'll remember the message that night. It was about the blood of God of Jesus, and the forgiveness that was available through the blood of Jesus, and a man who felt like God couldn't love him, God couldn't forgive him, God couldn't use him, and he fell into some real serious sin, but a man came back to the Lord that night. Hallelujah. And reapplied the blood that Jesus supplied to his heart and to his life through repentance and obtained pardon and forgiveness. Was reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. Tears streaming down his face. <laughs> Amen. And 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 he got with me and 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 asked to have a Sunday school room that was empty and full of junk. If he could clean it out himself. And say, could I just have a day a week that people that have fallen away, and people that have backslid, and people that have grown cold? Can I share my testimony? Give them some scripture. I would like to do something. If I never preach in a pulpit again, he said, at least I'd like to do something for God and let not let what the what what I did wrong uh, just end up with nothing good coming out of that. And I said, yes. He said, he said he said bobby can can i can i get some books from you to study up again and help me to to get back in my bible some some bible helps and i said you certainly can and i gave him four books from my office and and I remember just a week before the, the event happened, I remember we went to a full gospel businessman meeting. I picked him up. We went together. We came out after the meeting, standing in front of my car outside the building. He said, Bobby, he said, I believe God has taken my mantle. He didn't know what was coming. I didn't know what was about to come. But he said, I believe God has taken my mantle and he's placed it upon you. And he said, Bobby, no matter what happens, No matter what is ever offered you, don't ever count anything more precious in your life than the blood of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This can't be bought at any... See, he had had it. He had operated in it. He had betrayed it. Remember Samson? shook himself as at other times and did not know that the Spirit of the Lord had drawn back. Oh, friend of mine, how precious, how priceless is the blood of Jesus and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Satan fears that because it will break the yoke and you can't just get that given to you in a box when you graduate from Bible college. You have to go to knee college, not just Lee College. Can you say amen? But when it comes, it's powerful and the gifts and calling of God Oh, without repentance. He he knew what he was doing when he chose you. He knew what he was doing when he chose me. He knew what he was doing when he chose Peter. And he knew Peter would fail, but he knew that he would reapply the blood. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can it be reapplied? Yes, it can. Glory to God. I think it was two to three weeks after that. My uncle was security guard for a phosphate company way out on Highway 39. He was coming home after a long, all-night shift. truck driver was coming on 39 with a load in a semi-tractor trailer. He said, I saw an old Cadillac. I saw a man weave across the center line. I honked that big horn that he has, because I could see him coming, and said he didn't look like he was in control. What was happening in his body was failing. Doctor said that he didn't know. And there's a long story here, but there's a good ending. I'm going to jump to the end. Grace and mercy flows from the throne and heart of God, and His mercies are new every morning. Amen. And and he 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 said I saw him. He came to, he talked to the family about this. He might have been at the funeral. He felt responsible. He said, There's nothing I could do. I saw him. He, it's like he was nodding off at the wheel just moments before the impact. And he said, I cut to try to miss him, but it was too late. Immediately, he went out of his body, just like that man, into the presence of God. And you know, A discouraged pastor would say, look, there's 30 people here on a Wednesday night. There ought to be more. Because Sunday they're going to come. There's hardly anyone here, but God touched a life that night. And thank God for the 30 people that had a part in the worship and the praise and came together in agreement. And the Holy Spirit is flowing. Praise God. We're all in this together. This is a together thing, an investment we're making in eternal lives and and souls where they spend eternity. In the back seat of that Cadillac was those books. He had been reading them while he was in a security shed, checking people in and out, preparing himself to begin to try to minister, not in the pulpit. He said, I'm not worthy. See, the prodigal son said the same thing. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Maybe he wasn't worthy to preach the gospel because of the sins and the guilt and the accusations of the devil. But I'll tell you what he was worthy of. Amen. He was worthy to go to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because, thank God, sin can and will be forgiven if we apply the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. It was good at his funeral along with an official from that denomination. It was good to be able to tell his family that probably in all honesty, look down on our little group to tell them their daddy came back to God. Hallelujah. I was there. I witnessed it. And I didn't just see him come back. I saw fruit in his life that said (laughs) he's, he's been restored. Thank God that we can be restored. Thank God we can be forgiven. Thank God we can apply the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53 is called the gospel in the Old Testament Who hath believed our report to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. When we saw him. There was nothing we should desire him. When I saw that man. I looked away from the nudity. I wanted to cover him up. He's dead. But there's just something about a fellow human being. Laying by the road. People gawking. They gawked at Jesus. You know what the Bible said? Oh, by the way, when you see Jesus with the loincloth, most historians would agree that's probably not. They didn't allow him that dignity. You know what the Bible said about the church of Laodicea? It said, we're rich, increased with goods. We don't have need anything. He said, you're, you're poor, you're miserable, you're blind, listen, and you're naked. And it talks about being clothed with his righteousness so that the shame of our nakedness would not appear. To stand before God without a robe to cover us. See, when the blood cleanses you, God's got a robe to cover you. Remember, I can't go into this in depth for time's sake, but in a Bible study we could, a deeper Bible study. Would you like to get a little deeper? Remember the story of the man who's invited to a wedding? He shows up, and what's his problem? He's had an invitation to come by the host of the wedding, probably the father of the bride. He shows up. He doesn't have a wedding garment the host sees that everybody is showing the respect by wearing the wedding garment, but he doesn't have one. Sounds unfair. Maybe he couldn't afford one. No, that's not the story. Because in the tradition of that day, the host of the wedding sent you a wedding garment that you had to put on. And if you didn't put it on, it was disrespectful because you couldn't say I couldn't afford it because it's been supplied by the host of the wedding. There was no, listen, there won't be any excuse when we stand before God for not applying the blood of Jesus by repenting of our sin and confessing them and asking for forgiveness because it's been supplied. Can you say, man, God supplied it, but you must apply it by faith for we are saved by grace god supplies it through christ we're saved by grace through faith it is the gift of god but it has to be received and applied can you say man not of works you can't earn it you have to accept it by faith but you have to by faith repent of your sin and trust christ as your savior for without the shedding of blood, there is no sacrifice for sin. And the angel walked through Egypt looking for one element. It's not your denominational structure. Not your organizational standard. It's not even your creed or dogma unless the blood is the superior, supreme part of it. I got saved in old time Pentecost. You could go to hell for everything. We, long sleeves. It, short sleeve shirt. You're no way going to get in heaven. People, see your bare arm. What is wrong with you? If you get turned on by my bare arm, there's something wrong with you. Can you say, hey, man, it ain't wrong with Come on, give me fist bump. You got a problem. You had to wear your hair a certain way. You couldn't get the Holy Ghost unless you were sinlessly perfect. You can't even begin to overcome without Him. You have to have Him to start overcoming. You don't overcome to have Him come. You have Him come so you can overcome. You receive power after He comes. If you you can do it without Him, you don't need Him. And oh, how we need him. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Hallelujah. Because I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. My uncle did go to heaven because he received the message. Hallelujah, that there is forgiveness with God that he might be feared. Then the blood of Jesus is enough and we can come back to God because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, we can be reconciled and we can be restored. And it was so good to know, listen, if nobody else ever came to God and a whole lot of other people did. But for my uncle to get saved, I'm glad that I was part of that process. I'm glad I was there on Wednesday night, ready to preach at the drop of a hat and ready to drop the hat. I'm glad I had the gospel. The gospel. Not not some political message or some some you know physical, material, world message. I'm glad I had the gospel of Jesus Christ to give. I don't want to know nothing among you, Paul said. I've been places. I've seen things. I could tell you about my trip to heaven and sell a million books. Can you say amen? But I'm not here to tell you about my trip to heaven. I'm here to tell you how you can get to go to heaven. Praise God, Hallelujah! I don't want to know. I don't want to know what Trump tweeted. Tweeted this week. It'd be better you didn't know. He's crazy, but God's. Listen, he's not a godly man, but I believe he's God's man to hold this thing back long enough for God to do something in this nation before he has to judge it. I, I believe he's in office because he is anti-abortion. We're killing millions of babies, and they're upset that we won't kill them out of the womb. They're really upset that the late term is being uh, pushed back against they pushed it too far and a lot of people are saying that's murder we can't keep doing this that's immoral we don't need a scientist we've got a conscience Oh, wait a minute. You didn't hear me. God gave us a conscience. And thank God America still has a conscience. Can you say man? There's some light down here. It's not all dark. Hallelujah. He's put something in us that says, listen, this is wrong. This is dead, flat out wrong. Doctors can't do that. Tell you it's right when you know it's wrong. A heart is beating. If you ever saw this? I saw it. We saw it years ago on a real to real old projector. They showed us what is occurring. We got sick in our stomach. I got faint. You can't accumulate millions of innocent lives killed for our convenience, mostly. Mostly for our convenience. And expect God to continue to bless America. Billy Graham got so concerned about it years ago. He said, if God does not judge America, he will have to resurrect the men of Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize. In other words, he said, if there's repentance and revival in America, judgment is coming, not prosperity. Where is that message today? Feel good. Churches, preachers preaching a materialistic message. Serve God to get rich. Serve God to get healed. God can make you rich and God can heal you. But you don't serve Him just for the healing. And you don't serve Him just for the material things. Can you say, man? You know, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I know where I'm going to spend eternity. Can you say, man, I'm glad that I can say I have God has supplied the blood and I have applied the blood glory be to God. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood has a continuous effect of cleansing. Oh, you didn't hear me because if I'm walking in that truth, that revealed truth of God, that light as he is truth and in the light. And where's that light revealed? Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. Oh, Baba Sataya, if you continue in my word. Word, what is the word in the old covenant? We're bringing it over into the new now. The principle, a lamp unto my feet, a light to my pathway. If we continue in His truth, in His word, sanctify them through Thy word, for Thy word is truth. Can you say, man? Glory be to God. Amen. And if we. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We walk in the truth and we begin to let truth be at the standard of our life. Praise God. Amen. He said, if you walk in the light as I am in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you. Because you will, you will be open, transparent, honest with God. You continue in his word, the word will convict you. From time to time. And what do real Christians do when they're convicted? They confess their sin and apply the blood of Jesus. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And get cleansed. Hallelujah. Churches with no conviction, but a lot of programs, a lot of entertainment, a lot of social activities. Honey, we need a Holy Ghost revival. We need people that tremble when the preacher preaches why 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 should we tremble who shall i look to heavens my throne earth's my footstool to whom will i look and he said about all of our material things we build in so called his name he said where's a house you'll build for me if heavens my throne and where is where what are you trying to impress me with you got what there's a church in south south miami that has a, a, an organ a pipe organ that costs $1 million. Oh, God must be so impressed when they hit a high C. Amen. Or, or a D major. I don't know if that's even a note. That might be pretty sour. Hey, eh, Mike? Any D major? How about what, what kind of major can we hit and it still sound good? Any of them? So D major could be a chord. It is. All right. I'm not. Thank you. God's just as unimpressed as Mike is about that. Can you say amen? I like that preacher that used to win souls down in New Orleans. I like what he said. He said, you can have a choir. You can have a choir that sings so good. And you get them up front singing. He said, you can have a choir that sings so good, the angels of heaven won't even open their mouth when they're singing. He said, you can have a church so prominent You can have a steeple built so tall it interferes with satellites circling the earth. And God won't give a holy hoot until an old sinner walks down that aisle and gets saved. But when one sinner gets saved, there's joy in the presence of angels. Can you say "Man, Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That religion stuff doesn't impress him. But when we have a true reconciled relationship with him, we can call him Abba Father. And I'm glad I preached the gospel to this stage just to see my uncle say. Before my other uncle passed away he was he was introverted backward, but he came down to Tampa. We fill that baptistry for my other uncle, <laughs> Amen. And I, I prayed. To, I said, "Listen, when did you receive Jesus?" He's a little bit vague. I said, "Well, let's don't be vague about that. You can be vague about a lot of things, but we got to be specific about this." I said, "Let's cover all the bases." You pray if you if you want you want to be right with God. You can ain't no need being baptized if you're not already right with God. Baptism don't save you. Amen. The blood of Jesus saves you. We prayed the sinner's prayer with tears running down his cheeks. And I took him down in that old cold baptistry, baptized him in water. Just a few months after that, less than a year, we got a call that he had passed away. Amen. What long was it, Pamela, till he passed away? Amen. But he passed away having confessed his sins, having received by faith the grace that had been made available to him. Hadn't been baptized in water and here's me and my daddy to witness it. It was a public confession before men and he went home and told his family. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be part of that. I'm glad to be part of something eternal. The average church today is entertaining people. There's no conviction for sin. It's a good time for all social Man came to our, our house to do tile, went to a church of fifteen hundred at the time. I think it runs three thousand now. He said there's over a thousand events. He was so proud of it. Over a thousand events on our calendar for the coming year. There were people coming to speak and people coming to sing and people coming to hold this. And there was a trip for the seniors to the mountains to see the leaves. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But if everybody's going for the trip to see the leaves, if everybody's going to interact with the singles, they call me, they had a big single ministry at a big church in Tampa. And the head of the singles ministry called me to come and speak to them. And he said, I rarely do this. I want everybody to be led of the Holy Spirit. But he says, somebody needs to talk to all of these single adults about really being committed and following Jesus. Because of the compromise he was seeing. People love to get together together. If you're going to hook up, hook up at church, but don't hook up like they hook up in the world. Don't have the same moral standards that the world has. He knew it was social. And he knew a lot of people that didn't even care about God was just coming to hook up with somebody. And when you have coffee and carrot cake, that's a plus. Can you say amen? And I ministered the message that he said was desperately needed. And when I ministered it, there was a cold comeback. An absolute, it's like a ping pong ball that comes right back at you. And I thought, you know something, this is a waste of mine and God's time and precious anointing. Because these folks that are filling up this singles ministry don't care about being committed and following Jesus Christ. But I went to the gym, worked out, shared my testimony at the gym. They call me Preacher Bob. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Shared the gospel where I could. I'm leaving the gym. I'm in my sweat clothes, my sweatshirt, my sweatpants, and my gym shoes. And I'm driving down with my window open. I drive by a building that they were, they were out in the yard, young people in their early 20s, late teens. And they're, they're pushing lawnmowers, and they're raking leaves. And they turned this building into a meeting place. And I found out that these were Christian young people from the college, from the university. I just pulled over because seeing all those young people out doing something for God inspired me. I pulled over beside the road and I said, I said, listen, I just, I just want to thank you. And when I started talking, I know they gathered around, you know, and, and they recognized my voice. And, and I was, because my voice, I understand, is distinctive. My wife can pick me out, you know, from a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but he, she knows the voice. And, 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 and I was commending them. I said, it's just so good to see young men and women out working for God. And, and, and one of them said, you're a preacher. I said, yes, I am a preacher. I don't have on my preacher suit. How did you know? He says, I recognize your voice. I said, where do you preach? I said, I pastored the Holy Church of God in Sulphur Springs. He said, we got your tapes. Where'd they get them? Nobody knows. God sends his word. I'm not on television. I wasn't even on radio at the time. But God sent his word. And these young people are getting a hold of it. And they said, we have about wore that tape out. You preached on commitment and following Christ. And we need that message. Would you come and speak for us next Wednesday night? I said, yes, I will. Or Thursday, whenever it was. And I showed up. And two guys met me. They looked like bouncers. Amen. They met me at the door. Big guys looked like they played football. Amen. Give me a great big hug. Listen, when big guys hug me, they lift me right off my feet. Amen. And when when he reached down to hug me and when he stood up with me, my feet come that far off the ground. I felt like, boy... I'm I'm glad these boys are saved, <laughs> Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah. I may go to the gym, but it ain't enough anyway. And they welcomed me and hugged my neck, and I spoke, and they zeroed in on it, and and they they wanted. To hear that, listen, young people are not afraid of commitment. They're not being called to commitment because people are afraid they'll run off if we do. Honey, it doesn't matter who runs off. we got to tell the truth on Sunday morning. It's not about how many people we keep and count heads. This is not about counting heads. This is about souls being prepared for eternity. Hallelujah. When I look down at that man's face beside the road, and I know he was gone, and I know I couldn't resuscitate him, and I know his spirit is never coming back to apply the blood of Jesus. Amen. It just rekindled in me how serious the gospel is. I'm not here to win friends, but I am here to influence people. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm not here to keep you coming to church. I'm going to tell you the truth on Sunday morning. You can go to a church that won't tell you the the truth because they're out there and the falling away is here but I'm one voice and as long as I got a voice I'm going to use it for Jesus Christ can you say man hallelujah how about you amen 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 I intend to go to heaven and I intend to take some people with me and I'd like to see you there it wouldn't be the same without you And I want to see you take off your little hat and put on that crown. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good today. So I want to thank you once again as we close this service today. I want to thank you for being here. And I want to thank you for serving God. I want to thank Jesus for the blood and thank the Father. Thank the Father for listening. To the cry of his son. And saying I've got to let it. Run its course. Because I can't forgive them. No other name. Given under heaven to men. By which we must be saved. Allah can't do it. Buddha can't do it. No other name. Is given under heaven to men. Because without the shedding of blood. Perfect sinless blood. There is no sacrifice for sin. You'll never be good enough. False gods can't help you. They have eyes that can't see, ears that can't hear, hands that can't touch. You can cry to them like Baal's prophets did. They cut themselves to try to get their God to notice and there's no answer. But the prophet of the true and living God prayed a paragraph prayer after making it impossible for spontaneous combustion to occur God loves it to be so impossible that only he can get the credit for it Can you say, man, you may not like this message, but I'll never change it. I'll look you and anybody else in the eye. Amen. And tell you there's no other way to God except through Jesus Christ. And you can't even come through him unless you repent of your sin and receive him as your savior. No other way. No other way. There's no other name given under heaven to men. By which we must be saved. People are being killed for that in that generation. And they're being killed for that in this generation. If they're dying for that great truth. We ought to be preaching it. And living it. Can you say "Man"? How many glad you're a follower of Jesus today? How many glad your sins are forgiven? How many know that you're going to heaven? We'll close with this truth. Almost finished. When that man without the wedding garment, there's a spiritual thing occurring here because he's not just told to go away and not participate. Take that man and cast him where? Where? Outer darkness. This is a spiritual thing. He's using a parable to tell a spiritual truth. You, you can't weave your own wedding garment With your own personal righteousness and your holiness. It's a gift. And the Bible speaks of the gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. That the shame of your nakedness does not appear. We're not going to stand. The first thing I want to do is cover that man up. First thing he'd... Listen, I fell in the middle of the floor. Having got out of a shower in a haze... Thinking if I drink a little orange juice, that'll solve my problem. I got to the kitchen six o'clock in the morning, fell on my face when the stroke took control of me completely. And I was naked. And my son came and found his dad naked, <laughs> paralyzed, laying with my bump on my head in the floor. The first thing I wanted after I had prayed, please. My wife got me some sweatpants to cover the shame of my nakedness. You just don't want to be seen helpless and naked, and helpless but not hopeless. I don't want to ever stand before God without a covering. So, in the book of Revelation, people are coming out of every kindred tongue and nation. And the angel says, Who are these? And John says, I have no idea. And rhetorical question, the angel said, these are they that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Can you say, man, hallelujah, these are the people that have applied what Christ has so abundantly supplied at the cross. And they're covered. They're covered with a covering. Hallelujah. God's own righteousness is imputed so here's the deal, and this is the hard part to receive, but if you keep reading it in the book and seeing it, one day you'll get it. God didn't just forgive your sin. He didn't take your old garment stained with sin from you. Jesus took it and wore it to the cross. And you know what he did? It's his righteousness, not yours, is it? Being found in him, not having mine own It's got to be better than your own because your own is not enough unless your righteousness exceed that. Of the scribe and the Pharisee, fasted twice a week and tithed of everything they possessed and said, You're lost as you can be without Jesus and the shed blood. Can you say amen? If it doesn't exceed that, you have no part in the kingdom of God. He imparts to you Christ's innocence positionally. Not practically, personally, but positionally. You don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. No person that is saved deserves that. Why should you give me his robe? And why should he wear my robe? And the devil, the accuser, wants you to keep seeing yourself stained unworthy. Because if you keep seeing yourself that way, you'll never pray in faith. You'll never have a bold witness. You certainly won't have no joy because you'll be convinced you're not good enough your whole life. Honey, you'll never be good enough. Hallelujah. But the blood of Jesus is enough. It's more than enough to make us more than conquerors through him that loved us.